Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of She. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the party, my friend. We have a lot of fun around here. I'm so glad that you chose to hit play. This is going to be such a good one to start with. And if this is not your first time tuning in, welcome back. I would love if you would take a moment to leave a rating or review as you listen to this episode today. If this podcast has blessed you at all in any way, I would love if you'd be willing to do that. Really encourages me, helps boost the show, and encourages new listeners to check it out. All right. So today we are going to talk about supporting a friend through a hard time, specifically um, a few different things like how to tell your hurting friend your happy news, especially if your happy news is in the same area of their pain. Um, Maybe you got engaged and your friend just got broken up with, or maybe you just found out you're pregnant and your friend just went through a miscarriage or something like that. So we're going to talk about ways to break that news to them, what not to do, what definitely to do. Um, We're also going to talk about things that you can say, what to do when you don't know what to say, a few a few action steps you can take to just show support without putting your friend in a position of trying to figure out how to explain what they can what you can do to help them. So we're going to get into all the good stuff. This is going to be really beneficial if you have a sister or a cousin or a best friend or a coworker or just anyone that you care about going through a hard time, whether that's just a discouraging season or a heartbreak or a loss or tragedy or a health crisis or something else. This is going to give you some really practical ways to come alongside them to show your support while also respecting their boundaries and their needs. So without further ado, let's hop into this one. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. All right. So let's start with a few things that you can say when you don't know what to say. Because when someone tells you their hard news or their bad news or their tragic news, whether that's, I just lost my job or I just found out Mark was cheating on me or, you know, I just got diagnosed with XYZ or my kid is sick with, you know, fill in the blank, like whatever it may be. Sometimes it's just like, uh, and you want to say, like, I'm so sorry. And you want to say something to encourage them or to just show that you empathize with them. But you also want to be careful not to say something that would be triggering or offensive or upsetting, because I think sometimes even in our best efforts to be supportive, the things we say can actually be more triggering, more difficult, you know, make us make the person more emotional. So a few things that you can say when you don't know what to say, I'm gonna give you four things. The first is, I am so sorry, right? Because it's true, like that is one of the most appropriate things you can say. You might even add, it's not fair. Like, I'm so sorry. It's not fair. I wish this weren't happening. Like something that is just really validating. It's not trying to offer like platitudes or empty encouragement of like, you'll get through this. I mean, you could do that, but 
sometimes when people are in the intense, especially when something really big happens and it's like in the intensity of their shock or their grief, sometimes they like, they, they can't even digest that. Like through to them, it's like the world is ending in that moment and, or something really big is crashing around them. And so sometimes offering those platitudes can just feel kind of empty. And so sometimes it's just better to be like, I am so, so sorry. I wish this wasn't happening. This is so unfair. I'm just so sorry. Like it just validates that like this is hard and there's very little that's going to make it feel better, right? If anything. The second thing you can say is I'm here with you. And I purposely say with you over for you because I don't know about you, but something like when I've gone through my own hard things, it's encouraging to a degree when people say like I'm here for you. But I also kind of feel like a burden when they say that. I I don't know if that's the most accurate way to describe it, but sometimes it's like you already feel when you are going through something hard, discouraging, something that makes you feel alone, even if you have a support system, like of people who are there for you, like showing up for you, encouraging you, et cetera, like you can still feel so isolated because no one is sharing in your experience. Like, Like when I walked through my losses, I just remember feeling like so loved and supported by people, but I also felt so isolated. Like even my own husband couldn't understand what my body was going through, what my emotions, my hormones, everything. So I already felt very like isolated. And so sometimes hearing like, I'm here for you kind of makes me feel like I'm I'm thankful for that. But I really loved when I heard I'm here with you because it just means like I'm in the valley with you. Yes, I might not be able to share every minute experience of the or detail of the experience that you are, but I'm with you in it. I'm not just here for you. I'm here with you. I'm in the valley, in the trenches with you, and I'm not leaving your side versus like, I'm here for you you know, but that kind of feels like distant. So sometimes I'm here with you sounds more encouraging to hear. And that's a great thing to say as well. A third thing that you can say, in addition to like, I'm so sorry, this is, you know, so unfair, or I'm here with you. You could also just say something like I'm sending a meal, pasta or soup. So rather than saying like, hey, I'm or you know, if someone tells you something hard just happened, or you just got some devastating news from your friend, you could say like, you know, let me know if you need anything or how can I support you? Or is there anything you need? When someone's in the midst of like processing some really big news, whether that's a health diagnosis or a loss or a heartbreak or something else, like they're not able to, a lot of times they're not able to articulate like, what do I need? And even if they know what they need, they may not feel comfortable asking for it. Like they may feel like, well, she's offering to help, but like what capacity does she really have? I don't want to be a burden to her. I don't want to ask for something that she didn't expect me to ask for. And if I ask for what I really think I need, like, what if that's too much? Like, I don't want her to think I have these expectations. So a lot of people will just say like, thank you. And then not actually ask for the help that they actually really could benefit from and need. So what is beneficial or helpful about saying something like, I'm sending a meal. Do you want pasta or soup? Essentially what that's doing is saying, I'm stepping up in this way. Like I'm just going to send you a meal. So it's one less thing you have to worry about. And I'm not asking you to come up with something to give me to do to support you. I'm not going to put that burden on you. Instead, just tell me what you prefer. And that is really relieving to people because one, it communicates, this is what I'm willing to do to help rather than leaving it very open-ended so that they don't have to ask or guess. And then the other thing that it does is it really gives them like a simple answer. Like it's either this or that, yes or no, instead of these open-ended vague things of like, would you like us to bring a meal? Are you around anytime this week? Instead, just saying like, I'm bringing a meal. Do you want pasta or soup? Or you could say, I'm bringing a meal. Does Monday or Tuesday work better? You don't have to even give them like a food option. You could just give them one option that they could say like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Tuesday would be great, right? Or like, wow, thank you. That's awesome. I could so use that. Soup sounds amazing. Like just making it so easy on them and just telling them how you're willing to support rather than asking them to tell you how to support, if that makes sense. 
one of the thing you can say. So that's thing number three. So first is, I'm so, so sorry. The third, the second is, I'm here with you. The third is, I'm sending a meal and then giving them a very clear, definitive option like Monday or Tuesday or pasta or soup. And then the fourth thing that you can say is, your feelings are so valid. So again, this kind of comes back to what I was talking about with number one about, I'm so sorry, like this isn't fair. This is something that a a couple of friends have said to me intentionally through just different discouragements or tragedies or heartbreaks that I've walked through. And I've just, when I've, when I've kind of poured out my heart or vented to them, when they ask like, how are you feeling? Or, you know, is there anything you want to share? Like inviting me, I actually would add like a fifth thing to like invite them to share anything they want to process. Like I've had friends reach out and say like, Hey, I know this is really hard for you. I'm not even going to ask how you are because I know the answer, but if there's anything you just want to like heart dump, brain dump, word vomit, scream about, be pissed about, like throw it on me, lay it on me. And I have had trusted friends invite me into that space. I feel more comfortable opening up about those things rather than feeling like I'm just dumping it on them without invitation, right? So sometimes it's just saying like, you know, whatever you want to talk about, however much you want to share, I'm here to listen, like brain dump everything you want, you know, word vomit, anything you want. We can cry together. We can be pissed together. Like we can just talk through this. And in that invitation, basically like the best thing you can say a lot of times is like, gosh, your feelings are so valid. I would feel the exact same way or like, it's just not fair. I don't get it. Like, again, it's just reiterating the same things that they're thinking rather than trying to correct them or like even encourage, because a lot of times when people, especially in like the most intense moment after something really hard has happened, like the the couple of weeks after a diagnosis or the few weeks after a loss or after a heartbreak, like they're still in that raw and tender place and they're dealing with fear. They're dealing, dealing with grief potentially. They're dealing with um, an identity crisis quite possibly. Like there's a lot of layers and complexities to that. They're probably dealing with some trauma potentially. So, all of that said, like, rather than trying to like offer this, like, well, it'll work out, like, well, you don't really know that. And when they're in that intense place of grief or sadness or confusion or fear or all of the above, they're kind of probably thinking more cynically and realistically because they, because they've just had an experience that makes them think like, no, the worst case scenario can totally come to come to pass. And like, that could be my reality again or forever. And I can't, I can't imagine how this could possibly get better. Like, it's just, it feels empty and unhelpful, at least in that intense like few weeks to few months after something happens. So encouragement is great, but you just have to know like the best way and the right times to go about that so that it doesn't feel empty and so that it doesn't kind of make someone cynical like, okay, but you actually don't know if it's ever going to work out or you don't know if I'm going to be okay, you know? And so I think just offering like a, your feelings are valid and it's not fair and I don't get it. Like I'm just as confused as you are and I hate this for you. It just makes them feel heard. It just makes them feel validated and it doesn't take away the pain. It doesn't fix what they've lost or make everything all better, but it does make them feel heard and validated and seen. And that's the best they can ask for in that type of situation because most types of these situations, there's nothing you can do to fix, right? So that's a huge thing. I want to give another guide, I guess, on supporting a friend specifically through loss and grief. And I think this is kind of a hard thing to navigate to, especially if it's not something you've experienced. So I'm going to just talk about loss and grief as a whole, right? Or like heartbreak, loss and grief, like that kind of topic of something hard you might go through or a friend might go through. And then I, I have a little bit of a spin on it specifically to like pregnancy loss too, just because that's something I have experience with and have had done well and had done not so well in terms of how I was supported. So first thing I say is step one is acknowledge the loss. And what I mean by that is like acknowledge the very real loss someone is experiencing, whether that is the loss of a relationship that she thought she was going to marry, like the guy 
left or cheated on her, like that is a loss or the loss of a pregnancy. Like it's not just tissue or a pregnancy. It's she lost a baby, period. Call it what it is and let her know you are grieving her son or daughter with her, like validating the reality of, because in those, in that kind of experience too, it's like such a like invisible thing to the majority of the world that like it feels almost like it's less of a loss and often treated like that. And so then you feel like you like you lost your kid and the kid that you would have experienced, you know, countless birthdays with and wedding days and all of those things. And so for people just to be like, oh, well, you'll get them next time. It'll work out again. Like you'll get another chance. It's like you wouldn't say that if their four year old died. Right. So you kind of have to think of it the same way. So, again, it's just the importance of validating the very real loss someone is experiencing, whether that is the loss of a boyfriend, the loss of a baby, the loss of you know, a parent, the loss of a sister, like just really validating that. And then. I also want to expand a little bit more on the pregnancy loss thing, just because this is a specific example that I think is a little bit harder for us to wrap our heads around because it's not always something that we see or understand. Another thing that you can potentially do is like if she named the baby or shared that name with you, especially in the case of a miscarriage, call her baby by his or her name unless she asks you not to. So say something like, I'm mourning the loss of this baby with you, right? The word with is really key. Or I'm standing with you and grieving the loss of insert the name with you. So like, I'm standing with you and grieving the loss of June with you or whatever the name was. This really tells your friend that you validate the life she carried and don't dismiss or downplay it as a lesser loss simply because you never physically saw or held the baby in person. Okay, so I just wanted to expand on that specific example because that is a little bit harder for us to wrap our minds around, as well as I think you can approach it very similarly when it's the loss of a relationship or a person that has not died, but who has left their life. So again, it's like the grief is sometimes harder for us to understand because someone may not have tragically passed away or we didn't see the person who tragically passed away when it's the case of like a miscarriage or a breakup. And so I think it's also important to say, like, I'm mourning the loss of this would be really like this would be marriage with you. I'm mourning the loss of, you know, your this future with this guy with you. I'm mourning the loss of Steven with you or whatever. Like you have lost this relationship, even if he's still alive and out in the world somewhere. And that actually is like a whole new like beast to deal with. And so you can approach it somewhat similarly in both of those cases, although they're different because both can kind of feel like invisible and slightly invalidated. So um, the second thing is so step two is validate her feelings. Again, that was kind of one of the things I suggested saying is like your feelings are valid, but validate her feelings. And especially in the case of like pregnancy loss and miscarriage, validate her as a mom. Miscarriage can really cause somewhat of an identity crisis in a mother. And she may even be questioning her worth or her ability, or even if she counts as a mom, that's a huge thing. So validating all those wrestlings, fears, questions, concerns, and other feelings, rather than trying to make them go away or offer perspective by saying like, anything like at least, at least statements are probably the worst thing you can say. Anything around, at least it was early on in the pregnancy, or at least, you know, now then, you know, once you got engaged, or at least, you know, whatever. That is going to make her feel like you're shrinking her pain. Oh, at least, like, I had this happen several times when I went through pregnancy loss specifically. I had a lot of people say, like, oh, I have a friend whose baby was born blind and deaf. Like, at least you don't have to deal with that. And I was like, dude, are you freaking serious? Like, I would much rather have a baby who's blind and deaf than my baby be dead. Like, straight up, you know? And so that just royally pissed me off, to be honest, because, and it wasn't that people were trying to be insensitive. It's just that they thought like, 
well, look on the bright side. Like they thought they were being encouraging and they had good intentions, right? So it's like, I, it's hard to swallow that. So that's why I'm trying to educate you on like saying at least statements to someone who's just been cheated on or lost their baby in utero or, you know, been given this horrible diagnosis or scary diagnosis. Like, could it always be worse? Yes, I suppose. But this doesn't have to be the hardship Olympics. Like you don't have to compare their experience to someone else's harder or bigger or scarier experience to validate the fact that this is a hard, sad, traumatic, tragic experience. So all of that said, just really be intentional to validate those feelings, the concerns, the wrestlings, the questions, rather than trying to make them go away or offer perspective. And when you do that, that will make your friend feel held, seen and supported. The third step is to check in on her, but try to avoid asking, how are you or what can I do? Because when you ask how she is, her answer, her honest answer is going to be terrible or bad, right? Or struggling, but she may feel like she has to come up with something better so as not to be a total downer, especially if this is, you know, the second or third or fourth time you've checked in on her. So it's really just not a helpful question to ask. It's not giving her a ton of, um, it's just kind of setting her up to feel like, okay, now I have to either be honest or I have to just kind of like downplay my feelings. So a better thing to say may be like, um, hey, just checking in on you, letting you know that I'm thinking about you and that you're not alone. That's really all. You don't even have to get a response from that. She doesn't have to explain where she's at or how she's feeling, you know, or you might ask like, what are you up to today? Like, can I bring you a coffee? Like, that's a way to check in with her. And I really encourage you, especially if this is someone you're really close to in your life, if this is a daughter or a sister or a close friend, even after that initial intensity and shock of like the news or the heartbreak or whatever it is that she goes through happens, like once that window of like the first month or so after, once that window passes, try to be intentional to continuously check in with her two months later, five months later, eight months later, a year later, because what's the, what's really hard about going through something like loss or grief or illness or heartbreak or anything like that is it kind of like makes you feel like your world stops. Everything begins to revolve around that. Everything begins to revolve around healing or grief or what you miss or what you didn't have work out or the pain you're dealing with or whatever. And the world around you just starts moving on. Like for like a couple of weeks, everyone is like there and supporting you because it's the big news. And it's like the thing that just like rocks everyone's world or like shocks the friends and family around, you know, the person going through it. But then there's another big, you know, other big news or another thing that comes up and you can't, it's not that you, you should expect to yourself or people to 24 seven, be able to support someone for years and years and years without any breaks. But I guess my point is, it's really encouraging and refreshing when several months have passed and it's not the new like tragedy on the block, if that makes sense, or the new hardship on the block. Someone else has gotten into a car wreck or, you know, had a sick kid or something else has come up and people are now focused on that. When someone re- remembers that six months ago, you dealt with, like, you faced something really hard and you are still barely inching your way out of it and crawling your way forward. When they acknowledge that and they just do a quick text and check in, like, hey, I'm just thinking of you today. I know it's, been a hard time here to listen if there's anything you want to share or if you need events or if you'd like to get coffee or whatever. Like it's just acknowledging that their world kind of stopped and it doesn't start back up again one month later when everyone else goes back to their lives, you know? So just consistent check-ins that are helpful and not just saying like, how are you doing? But actually, uh, how are you doing isn't bad occasionally, but just don't do that every single time. But actually inviting them to share their their stuff or share their feelings or share their heart or, you know, just letting them know you're thinking of them and that, you know, it's hard and it's not fair and you're just here if they need anything like just consistently popping in like that every few weeks or a few months can make a huge difference. 
Additionally, when you ask what you can do to help, the answer is really nothing. Ultimately, you can't give her back what she ultimately wants and needs. You can't mend the relationship that shattered. You can't give her back her baby. You can't snap your fingers and heal her health crisis. So asking an open-ended question like this will kind of put your friend in a hard place because she might not know what she needs and she knows there's really nothing you can do that would truly, truly help. So instead, maybe just send a text that says, no pressure to respond. Just want you to know I think I'm thinking of you and love you and I'm here in this hard time. Like something along those lines is great. Did you know that over 80% of grass-fed meat in stores is actually from other countries? Did you know that the product of USA tag has actually kind of been stolen in a way? Here's why. Other countries can actually process their meat here after it has been born, raised, and all the things, and then they can label it like it came from the USA when in reality it did not. Because these labeling laws that favor foreign imported meat, over 100,000 independent American farms and ranches have closed since 2015. But thankfully, I recently discovered a brand called Good Ranchers, and Good Ranchers is here to put American farms first at the dinner table and support the farmers that work to raise the meat we eat. Several months ago, Matt and I learned about Good Ranchers and immediately wanted to give it a try because, one, we loved their mission of supporting local American farms and ranches, and two, we had heard great things about the quality of their meat, their ground beef and chicken and steak and just the high-quality product that they offer. And so anyways, we decided to give this a try. Loved it. It's convenient because it shows up to your door every single month. You know you're doing something good to support local farms and ranches or American farms and ranches. And it's an easy way to do that, especially if the whole idea of like, okay, I want to support local farms, but where do I even begin with that? And do I need to join a co-op? And what's a herd share and all the different things that can be a little bit confusing. This is convenient, but super effective way to support local farms and ranches eating the meals you need to be eating anyway. And it's super affordable too. That's a huge thing that I love. So if you want to check this out, if you want to try it, go to goodranchers.com slash Jordan. You can get up to 55% off on different boxes. Those discounts kind of vary depending on the different product, but great discounts just on the product itself. Great prices. Secondly, you'll get free shipping. And if you use my code Jordan at checkout, you'll get an additional $20 off at the checkout. So once you go through the, the order process, you'll see that an additional $20 has been taken off. So great prices, great quality, and a great mission. I had to share it with you. Go to goodranchers.com slash Jordan and use the code Jordan at checkout. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> 
Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. If you want to do something more tangible, give her a choice rather than asking an open-ended question by saying something like, I'm having Olive Garden delivered this week. Is Thursday or Friday better? Right? Like we just talked about that. So this just shows that you're taking a proactive step to support even after the initial blow, like a couple weeks to a couple months later, without asking her to spend the emotional energy trying to come up with something to, you know, something for you to do while simply just giving her an option to pick A or B and letting her know you're willing to do it. So again, that's kind of a little bit of a repeat from what I said earlier, but just wanted to expand on that a bit. Lastly, step number four is to respect her boundaries. And this is really key because your friend will likely appreciate you checking in and wanting to be there for her. But also remember, like, even if you feel the need to do something more, you're supporting her through whatever it is she's walking through, which means it's about her needs and not yours right now, which is hard. But again, that will eventually be reciprocated in one way or another in a different situation later in life, right? And that's what friendship is about. So if your friend has told you she needs some space, then the best way to help her is by giving her space. But by not putting a timeline on her grief or expectations on her and by supporting in other ways such as through sending a meal or checking in occasionally or covering her in prayer or something like that. So again, like it's interesting because everyone handles hardship differently and even the same person can handle two different hardships differently. In my own experience, like the first real like big hardship I went through, I wanted like all the love, all the support, send me the meals, bring the gifts, come hang out with me, watch movies with me. Like, let's just like do this together. And the second time I went through something really hard shortly after, I was almost like in denial. Like it was like my brain went into like, no, this is not happening again. And I didn't actually want all the gifts and the phone calls and the the food and the this. And I was like, I almost just kind of wanted to like 
tune out and shut off everything and just kind of like go into I don't know. I just went into like my cocoon and I was like, I don't want the world to touch me. I don't want to like have to talk about this. I don't want to deal with it. So it was interesting to me how even the same person can respond to things differently depending on each situation and how often something happens. So just keep that in mind. Like it's not personal, but if someone takes space or isn't as receptive or is kind of closed off or whatever, like just allow that to be what they need, you know, and understand that it's not personal to you. So kind of as a summary of all of that. Step one is to um, acknowledge her loss or acknowledge the experience and validate their feelings is step two. So acknowledge the loss, step one, validate their feelings is step two, check in on them as often as possible, but like by respecting their boundaries. So one, acknowledge the loss or the experience Two, validate their feelings. Three, check in on them, but four is respect their boundaries. So those are four key steps to help somebody or to support somebody well. Lastly, a few ideas of ways that you can offer support or su- show your friend you're there for them without necessarily blowing up her phone or expecting her to, you know, share anything more than she feels comfortable sharing or talking about it more than she feels comfortable talking about. Five or six things that you can do. One, create a meal train or just deliver a meal. Two, gift her a massage or spa day. Like another great thing that you could do is like, hey, I just got you a $100 gift certificate from XYZ Spa, like local spa, whatever. Um, here's the digital receipt. Use it whenever you feel ready. Like just giving it to her. You know, that can be huge. Like go get a pedicure, go get a massage, something to just allow her to get some like TLC, you know, especially if she's just gone through something very stressful or very heartbreaking or very hard like that's hard on your body too even if it's like emotionally hard things can be equally hard physically on you and they can take a toll on you with all the stress and the grief and the tears and the and the anger so all of that said gifting her like a massage or a spa day or something like that can be huge again checking in to let her know you're thinking about her listening and validating her feelings when she wants to talk about it pray for her and let her know you're sad with her, not just for her. You don't pity her. You're not sad for her. You're sad with her. You're sharing in her grief. Like there's the the verse in the Bible that talks about like bearing one another's burdens and so fulfilling the law of Christ. And it's like shouldering a burden with someone isn't like, you know, doing it for them. It's not saying like, okay, well, I'm just going to take that for you because that's obviously not possible. You can't take away what they're experiencing. And it's also not just like cheering them on from the sideline like, you got this. I'm here for you. Like, I'm here to support but not doing anything. No, it's shouldering the burden with them. It's getting up under the cross they're carrying and saying, I'm I'm sad with you. Like, I share in your grief. Can I share it to the same intensity or extre- like to the same extreme? Maybe not. But I'm sad with you, not just for you. I don't pity you. I don't look at you as a pity party. I'm with you because when you hurt, I hurt. And when people hear that, it just it just feels like so much more validating than like, I'm sorry for you. It's like, I'm sorry with you and I'm sad with you and I'm grieving this with you or I'm struggling in this with you. I'm walking this road with you and I'm shouldering the burden with you. So that's huge. So that's kind of a lot. I repeated myself quite a bit, but those are some a handful of things that you can do to support your friend. Now I want to talk about how to break your happy news to a friend who's hurting, especially if they're hurting in the area that is the place you're experiencing joy or, you know, celebration or blessing. I personally think this is really important to talk about because I've been on both ends of this and I'm sure you probably have too in some way or another. I mean, I have been the friend with the happy news, unsure of how to share it with a heartbroken friend. 
And I've also been the hurting friend trying to digest the happy news a friend just shared. So I've kind of just realized through my own experience that this isn't really a skill most of us have mastered or even really been taught. And it's kind of weird to think of it as a skill, but it really is. I mean, it's a, it's a communication skill and it's a really crucial one, especially if we want to maintain and, and have thriving and healthy relationships, even through the hard stuff. I mean, the reality is that as we progress through our 20s and 30s and beyond, there are inevitably going to be more and more life experiences that we and our friends face. Some are going to be beautiful milestones to celebrate like weddings and babies and anniversaries and things like that. And others are going to be hard and devastating losses like breakups or divorce or child loss or sickness or something else. And the reality is that when those two types of experiences, the really beautiful milestones to celebrate and the really hard tragedies or, or valleys to walk through, when those two types of experiences collide between two friends, it gets sticky. It just does. I mean, how do you tell your friend who just got cheated on that your boyfriend proposed? Or how do you tell your friend who just lost a baby that you're now expecting? How do you break the news that you got a new job with your dream company after your friend just got fired? Like, it is so tricky. And there's not exactly a roadmap. Sometimes I think even with the best of intentions, we can end up causing more hurt and tension and strain in the relationship than was there before as we try to like support and just don't even or, you know, Whereas as we try to break the news, but just go about it in a way that just doesn't work or actually creates more tension or more pain. So all of that said, I thought I would make a little guide or just kind of share a little guide to give you some place to start. And when you're in a hard season or not in a hard season, when your friend is in a hard season and you find yourself with news that is exciting and celebratory and all of that, like, how do you share that with them delicately? How do you share that with them sensitive, sensitively? How are you, how can you be sensitive when you share that with them without also making them feel like pitied and weird, you know? So anyways, I'm first going to go through a list of a few do's and don'ts with a little explanation, and then we'll kind of wrap up from there. So first, I want to say, be careful. This is a don't, okay? Don't or be careful not to downplay the good thing in your life in an effort to relate. That will really come across as ungrateful. So for example, like let's say you just bought, this is an extreme example, but let's say you just like were able to buy your dream house or build your dream house and it's gorgeous and it's big and it's beautiful and there's a yard and like amazing neighbors, beautiful bonfire pit and a pool in the back. Like anybody would love to live there, right? Let's just say that was like your experience. Meanwhile, your friend just got like kicked out of her apartment and now she's trying to find housing and practically homeless and like couch surfing and all of that. If you were to say something like, you know, if she was talking about like, wow, like your house is so beautiful and you know the experience she's walking through, you might be tempted to say something like, oh, thank you. It's a ton of work though. Like I did not expect it to be so hard. In your brain, you may think that you are trying to highlight that like it's not all that it's cracked up to be or don't be jealous of me or like whatever. But what you're doing is you're actually just complaining about something she would be so overjoyed to have, right? You have to remember the perspective that your friend who's walking through a hardship is looking at your experience through and you downplaying it in an effort to relate or make it seem like it's not as big of a deal or it's not as great of a blessing as she might think it is. That's just going to come across not good. <laughs> it's just going to look like you're ungrateful. It's going to look like, geez, like I would be thankful for half the house, a quarter of the house you have. I don't know who cares if it's work. At least you have a place to lay your head and at least you have a place to call your home and your family can thrive here. Like I'm just trying to get by, you know? So again, that's a kind of extreme example and a random example, but I think that can apply to anything. If, you know, let's say you have multiple children and you find out you're pregnant again and your friend who's been trying for 10 years has had multiple losses or something like that. And 
you know, you tell her your big news and you're trying to make it seem like it's not as exciting and happy as it actually is. Or, and again, I'm not saying that you don't have your own complaints with it. Like, yes, a big house is a lot to take care of. Like, that's a valid challenge, right? But just not in the context of that conversation with that person. You just have to keep that in mind, right? So, in the context of like, okay, I've, I have five kids and now I'm expecting another and you've been trying for 10 years and I've got to figure out a way to break this to you. Don't say something like, it's, I'm just overwhelmed. It's going to be so many kids. Like, it totally will. And your feelings are totally valid. And that is a lot. And like, completely understand that. But tell that to your mom friends who also have five kids, not to the friend who's like, I would just give anything to have one, you know, like she's not going to be able to empathize with that. So again, keep in mind the context and the situation. Don't try to downplay the good thing in your life in an effort to relate or make it seem like it's like you're not rubbing it in because you're not. But like the more you try to emphasize that, the less grateful you're going to look for the things she would give anything for. Okay. So things to do instead of that is acknowledge the blessing without overly gushing about it because that will feel like you're rubbing it in. So it's about finding the happy medium. You don't want to downplay it to come across like you're, you know, not as blessed as it appears you are or whatever you might be doing to try to make her feel better about her situation, but you also don't want to overly gush about it. Like, you know, if you let's say, okay, here's an example. So your friend is, you know, let's go with a house example you go to lunch with your friend or you meet up for coffee or you're just chatting on the phone or over FaceTime or whatever. And she knows you're building this brand new dream house. Like you're just about to move in and she's like struggling to get by couch surfing, trying to figure out steady work, like whatever. You also want to make sure not to be like, Hey, yeah. Like as you're talking about the house, you don't be like, Oh yeah. Do you want to see pictures? Like here's the blueprint. Here's this, this, the pool's going to go here. Da, da, da. No. Like you can just say like, yeah, we're really looking forward to it, feeling very thankful and just super grateful for this opportunity. Never thought this would be something we could do. And like leaving at that, like, by the way, how are you like, what's new in your life? Like, tell me how the job search is going, like kind of even changing the subject. Like you can acknowledge the blessing, acknowledge you're grateful, but she's not the person you should be showing like pictures of the pool and the pool cabana to like, that's just going to feel like you're overly gushing about it. Or your friend who just went through a miscarriage, like maybe it's not super appropriate to be like, oh yeah, do you want to see like the nursery? Like, no, she doesn't. She actually doesn't. And she's probably going to say yes because she feels obligated to because she wants to support you, but then she's going to go home and cry about it. So it's better not to try to downplay the thing that is good in your life to relate to her and also not overly gush about it. Acknowledge the blessing, you know, and then kind of move on. Don't make a huge, huge deal one way or the other. Another do and don't or don't and do, I would say don't offer cliche phrases like, everything happens for a reason or it'll all work out for you too. Because one, you don't know that. And two, that's not helpful. So instead, I would say offer to pray, tell her you love her and that you're always here for her regardless of which way your different paths may lead you. Like just continually uh, re-emphasizing that can be really helpful. But if you start putting things out there like, I don't understand why it's happening for me first or like, I know this has been so hard, but I know it'll work out for you too. I just trust that it will. Like, Again, sometimes it depends on when you say that, like if it's after the initial blow of something, whether that's a loss or losing a job or whatever, and several, several months have passed and she's starting to make some forward progress, that may be something easier to digest. And she actually may believe that and be able to share in that hope. But in the beginning, or if she's in like the crisis of a situation, she's not going to probably process that very well. So that's just something to keep in mind. Another thing to not do I would say don't just send a text out of the blue or drop it on them like out of nowhere. Like that can be really hard for people to process. So let's say you and your friend are texting or you haven't talked for a week and now you're like, 
hey, just want to let you know I'm expecting. Or you're at lunch, you just drop it on them like, hey, so Mark just proposed, we're getting married on September. Like I think, and, and this isn't, this is like kind of um, a little bit of subjective guidance, I guess. So it can really depend on the person. Some people prefer to just be surprised, but I'd say nine times out of, nine times out of 10, it's better to almost like send a text and ask them when would be a good time to share something sensitive as well as how they prefer to hear about it. Like, do you prefer for me to share this over text or phone or in real life? And here's the thing, just by you asking that, they'll probably be able to go, oh, she's probably pregnant or like, oh, she's probably, you know, dating someone or, oh, she's probably just got engaged or, oh, the house that they were trying to buy probably went through or whatever it might be. And so I guess my point is it kind of preps them to and, and kind of gives them a moment to say like, okay, I have to prep myself for this news. Like, obviously you haven't hundred percent confirmed it to them yet, but it almost kind of tells them without telling them. And it shows respect of, are you in a head place to hear about something that could be sensitive? What's the best way for you to hear about that? I want to, like, I want to respect the way you want to hear about it. Because I think a lot of times as friends, and I've made the mistake of doing this too, like friends can assume they know the best way to tell you something that's sensitive or like they want to try to be sensitive. So they do it in a certain way, but it actually doesn't like for you or for the person that's walking through something hard, it's actually the worst way they could have told them. Like I've had friends say like, you know, I wanted to tell you it this way because I just want to try to be sensitive. And I was like, gosh, I just wish you would have asked me because this actually is 10 times harder than like if you'd have done it a different way. You know what I mean? Like if you'd have just given me a call or if you would have, you know, whatever. So that's why I say everybody responds to things different. Some people really prefer to hear things in person. Some people really prefer to hear things via text so that they can process and cry and then respond like genuinely a few hours later. Sometimes that's actually easier for people going through a hard time. As much as to you, it may feel impersonal. Like a breakup text is like the worst way to break up, right? But sometimes breaking hard news to somebody, it's actually easier easier to digest via a text or a voice note or something like that because A, it doesn't demand their immediate response. They don't have to react in person and right in front of you. And it allows them to kind of process and then be able to send a genuine response rather than like faking the joy that they don't really feel. So it's just allowing them to be genuinely happy for you on their timeline and respond in a healthy way. So Again, not everyone is that way. Some people prefer to be told in person because they want to be able to have a genuine conversation right then and there, like process, celebrate, whatever. But it can be easier on some people for it to be something that doesn't demand their immediate response. So that's why I say the best thing you can do instead of just sending a text or dropping it on them out of the blue in person or just calling them up and just saying, hey, this is happening. Wanted to let you know. Like I know it's hard for you, but just letting you know. A better thing to do is to send a text and ask something along the lines of like, hey, I want to know when you'd be, if you're in a good headspace to hear about something sensitive. And if not, when would be a good time to share something that might be a little bit sensitive? And and also, how would you prefer for me to tell you? Would you like to know over text or over phone call? Or would you like to get together and let them tell you? Because they'll be able to probably guess what's happening, start processing. How does that make them feel? And then tell you, I'd like to hear over text or let's meet for coffee. I want to talk this, you know, talk about it or whatever. So give them that option if you can. Um, another thing I would say is don't expect them to respond the same way they would if they were not hurting in this area, which is kind of a given. But I think sometimes we can put expectations on our friends where we think that in order for them to be happy with us or for us, they have to be happy with us. And that's not the case. Um, a lot of times, like I actually was talking to my therapist one time and I said something like, I'm just having such a hard time being happy for my friends. It was like a couple of years ago through something. And she was like, something along the lines of like, you know, society tells us we're supposed to be happy for people. And 
unfortunately, that's just often not how the brain works, which was really interesting to me. And so anyways, I was like, well, what do you mean? She's like, well, we often think like being happy for someone means like jumping up and down with them, celebrating, throwing them like a bridal shower or whatever it is. And she's like, it can be like, I'm happy for you. I'm just sad for me. And you can be both at the same time, you know, like. I think we think that like, if I'm happy for someone, I can't feel any sadness or discouragement or bitterness or not bitterness, but like, you know, anger in my own about my own experience in light of theirs. Like, no, it's not that you're angry at them for getting the new house or meeting a great guy or having a baby. Like you're not mad at them. It's just, you're mad at your own situation or you're frustrated with your own situation. So I think it's okay to understand that like they may be happy for you, but because they're also simultaneously sad for them, it may, they may not be able to express that in the same way. Those that are, you know, not experiencing sadness in that area could celebrate you, you know, respond, et cetera. So ultimately don't expect them to respond the same way that they would if they were not hurting in this area, but do preface that, you know, this is sensitive for them and that you don't expect a certain response, remove that expectation altogether. And that's going to be such a gift that you give them and still allow them to support you, even if it's from a distance. Okay. Lastly, don't expect the relationship to look the exact same in this season. They may say that they need some space and that's okay. It may just change the dynamic of a relationship. It doesn't mean they don't care about you. It doesn't mean that they are upset with you. It's just sometimes when someone's going through something really hard or really heartbreaking to constantly have that in their face day after day, or if that's the main thing that's happening in your life, you're naturally going to talk about that a lot because that's naturally what you're focused on. Simultaneously, like if they know that's going to be really hard for me to hear about. And I don't want to not ask questions like about the thing like that they're caught up in. So for example, if somebody just went through a really, really hard breakup or lost their spouse or something, and then meanwhile, like you're planning a wedding, the big event in your life that like naturally, if they care about you as a friend and you guys are hanging out and going on walks and everything, naturally, if they want to show interest in your life, they're going to ask about that because that is the biggest focus in your life. That's a huge thing you're taking on of planning a wedding, preparing for marriage, all the things. Meanwhile, talking about that is killing them inside, right? So they may acknowledge that and say like, okay, I'm I'm here for you from afar. I'm I'm here to support you in the ways that feel like I can do it authentically, but I may just not be able to like hang out every weekend like we used to in this season because I just don't feel like I can show genuine interest in the areas of your life that I want to because it's hurt it's hurtful for me. It's hard for me. It's sensitive for me. So the best way I can love you is actually to take a step back and, you know, just kind of check in from afar. Like sometimes that for a season, that's okay. Like friendships don't have to be and look the exact same to still be solid. And sometimes they do have to go through these ebbs and flows and seasons. And I think that's actually healthy. So ultimately don't expect the relationship to look the exact same in this season. They may need space and that's okay. Like that's normal. Instead, do say something like, I know this probably isn't easy on you. And if you need space at all, like I completely understand and I won't be offended. That just allows them to kind of navigate that how it feels right for them and some may not need space at all and others might say like yeah i need a little space like i'm super happy for you overjoyed like want to celebrate this with you i just need some space to process and like get through my own junk and that's actually a really good way like that's a way that they can love you and i think a lot of times if that's not communicated or you're not offering them that they're not going to tell you that and so what they might do is just distance themselves or not be as invested in the relationship and then if you haven't had that conversation up front you're going to take that personally you're going to feel like oh my gosh my friend's like not talking to me and mad at me because i'm pregnant or because i'm you know, getting married or whatever. And it's like, no, actually, she's probably just trying to love you well by not being super involved in the day to day because she's afraid that her jealousy or her own sadness or whatever is going to like seep into your experience. And she doesn't want to put that on you. She doesn't want you to bear that burden. So 
all of that said, if you have that straight up conversation up front and you invite that conversation and you like acknowledge that you understand if, that she needs space and you're or that she might need space and that you're okay with it if she does, that's going to take so much of that tension out of the relationship and you're not going to take it so personally if she does. So bottom line, let's wrap up here. What's the point? You don't have to feel guilty about a good thing in your life just because someone else may not have that same thing. No one's mad at you for that. Okay. Just be empathetic and thoughtful about how you go about it. If your hurting friend asks for space, try to remember that it's really not about you. It's not that they're mad at you. It's not that they don't support you. More than likely, it's that they love you enough to take a step back and process their feelings for themselves and with themselves so that they aren't accidentally taken out on you. Friendships go through seasons. Some seasons you might be closer and others you might not talk every day. And that's really normal. And that's okay. That's part of life, especially when your happiness is in the exact place of your friend's deepest pain. So try to remember that. Keep these things in mind. These are a few ways you can support your friends as well as navigate the conversations with them when they might be going through something really hard and you are going through a really happy thing in the exact same area, which is the tension we live our lives in because we're all on different timelines. We're all going through different things. Some of us will suffer early in life. Some of us will suffer in our mid-adult years. Some of us will suffer later and some of us will suffer at multiple different points throughout our lives. But those things can collide with the areas that others are celebrating. And when our suffering and our celebrating collide, it can get really sticky. And so learning how to navigate that well and support well without imposing yourself on someone or trying to force a relationship to be something it's just not naturally going to be in this season or expecting them to be something or do something they're not inorganically just so that like everything feels fine is probably not healthy. So keep these things in mind, follow these steps, ask your friends the best ways that you can break the news to them or how they'd like to process that or hear that. Even ask them before it happens. You know, that's another great thing that you can do. If you know your friend just went through a miscarriage and you and your husband are about to start trying for a baby, or if you know your friend just went through a breakup and you've kind of been talking to this guy and you might go on a few dates, ask her before there's any actual news to share. Like, hey, if I were to get pregnant in the next year, like, how would you prefer I tell you that? Because I want to make sure I'm sensitive to that, like, before I even have that news to share. Or like, hey, if I start dating someone or meet someone, like, how do you, how would it be best for me to deliver that news to you? Like, tell me what you would be best with. Because then it's like, it's not actually in the moment. Like, if you're able to do that beforehand, I invite you to do that and I actually encourage you to do that. I've done that with friends and it's gone so well because then I just know what to do and how to navigate that when I find myself in a situation where I have happy news to celebrate and I know that they're hurting in that area and vice versa. When friends have invited me to share, like, I'd prefer for you to send me a text or like, no, I'd, I'd totally prefer for a phone call. I, I, I would be so happy for you. I know you've walked a hard road too or like whatever it might be, like getting invited to share what would be best for you or what you'd prefer even before you have to digest that news can be really helpful not only for your friend who's hurting but also for you so that you are kind of prepared so those are just some of my tips on how to support a hurting friend how to tell them your happy news when they're hurting and really just come alongside them in an organic way and understand that friendships go through seasons that doesn't mean that they're broken that doesn't mean they'll be that way forever and that you're just operating on your own timelines and navigating the ups and downs and highs and lows of life that each of you are individually going to face as you you know, walk this journey together and you're going to walk it in different ways and at different paces and different times. So navigate that as well as you can. The goal isn't to do it perfectly. You might say something wrong. You may end up triggering someone like you're not going to do it perfect. That's not the expectation. The goal is just to be as intentional and thoughtful about it as possible. You do that. You follow some of these tips. You're going to do great. I'd love to hear from you. 
It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content, and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.